Hey everybody, welcome back to this post-Thanksgiving edition of the Nevada Traveler Podcast. Got a topic that I feel I'm pretty passionate about today, so let's get into it. A new week, a new episode. Welcome back to the Nevada Traveler Podcast. I'm Jordan. I'd like to start this episode by saying thank you to everyone who tuned in, hit that subscribe button, um, and listened to episode number one. Um, It means a lot to me. Um, A lot of people reached out on Instagram, Twitter, that kind of thing to say, hey, I subscribed and looking forward to your podcast. That means a lot to me. Um, And I look forward to, to growing this podcast. If you're new, hit that subscribe button and welcome on this journey. So last week, episode one, I touched on, hey, I have a podcast now. Um, There wasn't really any rhyme or reason to that episode simply because it was episode one. I was introducing myself, introducing the podcast. But today, I have a topic. And this is a topic that I feel actually rather strongly about, which is why I decided to make it kind of the first topic um, in the podcast. Um, and that topic today is off-road courtesy, trail courtesy, just courtesy in general. Um, my wife and I are avid off-roaders. We love trail running, um, you know, with our side-by-side, exploring new places. The off-road community is large, especially where we live in Nevada, Um, we're basically right on the border of Nevada, California. So there's a ton of national forest trails. There's a ton of Bureau of Land Management trails. There's trails everywhere. I mean, you walk out the front door and go a mile and you're at a trailhead for hundreds of miles of trail. So you choose to take the challenge. So one thing I've noticed over the last, um, you know, over the summer of riding trails out here is courtesy. Um, people that just flat out have no idea what they're doing on the trail. And why I feel strongly about this is, for one, it's a safety factor. Um, if I'm riding the trails and you're out on the trails and, and you're, you're ripping through a 50-inch wide trail at 70 miles an hour, that's not real smart. There's a time and a place for that kind of thing. Um, and where I'm going with that is, if you're in an area where the trails are packed, don't, don't go ripping through there. It doesn't even make sense. You're going to get yourself or somebody hurt. Um, so I've kind of got a list I've laid out in front of myself here of, um, of topics and kind of how I want to approach them. The first one is just always be considerate. Um, that's the overriding principle here, and it deserves a special mention. Um, as you encounter others, friends, strangers, anybody... Be considerate. Maybe you're the type of person that doesn't like going out of your way for someone, and hey, that's okay. Everybody's a little antisocial. But be respectful. Um, Don't be an off-road bully. Um, Believe me, there's enough of those in this world. Um, So being considerate, yield to the right-of-way for anyone, Um, especially to like mountain bikes, horses, hikers, um, basically they can't compete with a two-ton vehicle. 
Um, you know, if you come up over a hill and there's a mountain bike there, you're going to win. Or if you're on that mountain bike and a side-by-side or a Jeep comes up the hill at you and you don't see them until it's too late, um, they're going to win. That's the ba- That's basic. Um, that's physics. Nothing anybody can do about that. Um, slow down as you pass these things. Um, you know, especially if it's somebody on a horse. Um, don't kick up a bunch of dust. Don't honk your horn because you could spook the horse and hurt yourself and the rider. Um, and I see this far too often. Um, in quite a bit of the trail areas that we ride, there's a lot of mountain bikers. Um, and I'll do an episode touched on on mountain biking and stuff down the road. Um, I see somebody in their Jeep just barrel by somebody on a mountain bike and he, he literally has to stop. That rider has to stop because they've kicked up so much dust that he can't see, he can't breathe. So slow down. Um, I mean, if you, if you're one of those people that carry a cooler, if you see somebody on a mountain bike and they just looked wiped off from a bottle of water, I mean, come on. That 10 cent bottle of water isn't going to, uh, isn't going to bankrupt you if you're out riding trails. Um, so, and hikers, same thing for hikers. Um, I think I touched on horses. Um, just be smart. They have the right of way. You need to give them adequate space to, to do your thing. Here's another big one that has put us in some sketchy situations. Um, steep grades, somebody coming up a hill. Uh, you let them come up, yield to them. That vehicle may need some momentum to climb. If you force them to stop, they may need to back up to regain that momentum. Some side-by-side, some four-wheelers, dirt bikes, they can't stop in the middle of a hill while they're climbing because if they go to get back on the throttle and they need to, they need to really get on it to get going, uh, a lot of times they're going over backwards and you've, you've just created a, a situation that could have been completely avoided much, much worse. Um, so yield to, to somebody coming uphill. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had to stop coming up a hill to let somebody pass, whether they're on a Jeep, a side-by-side dirt bike, um, whatever it may be, just yield, let them come up. So the next direction I'm going to go with this. And, and, and as I, as I go through these things for your experienced off-roaders, your experienced trail riders, this is all basic review, but sometimes it's even for basic, for basic review. It's good to have, it's good to remind yourself of of, hey, maybe when I was out last weekend, I got too close to that mountain biker. Or I didn't let that, I didn't give that hiker enough space and I, I, I dusted him out. Um, so it, it's a refresher for everyone. It, it was a refresher for me when I was doing research for this podcast of, you know, no, maybe there were some things that, that I was doing on the trail that, you know, maybe I should not do or approach differently. Um, so as I move on, keep in mind, I'm gearing this towards everyone, not just your beginners, not just your, you know, you're somebody that went to the ATV dealership and they just bought their first four-wheeler and are, are going out on the trails. Um, 
So keeping track of vehicles around you. Um, you know, if you're riding with a group, that's one thing. You're generally in communication with everybody in that group. Um, but keep, keep track of the vehicle behind you. If you come up on an intersection or a curve, make sure the vehicle behind you sees which way you went. Don't assume they did. Um, they might be in a dust cloud, you know, or you've come around a mountain curve and there's giant rocks that they can't see you through. Don't stop on corners. Don't stop on curves, especially where there's a risk of somebody coming around that corner and, and hitting you. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this where I've come around a corner and whether I'm, you know, hauling the mail or toting along, I've come around a corner and almost right into the back of someone because they decided the best place to stop was, um, was right in the middle of a curve. Obviously, there are times that you can't avoid that. You have a breakdown or a parts failure or something like that and you're stuck there. At that point, if, you're, if you have somebody else in your group with you, send them down to where that curve starts. You know, and just signal like, hey, slow it down. We're around this curve. If you're by yourself, you need to have glow sticks or something. Throw your backpack on the ground or something to, to signal to someone that you're coming around the corner. Um, vehicles ahead of you. And actually, before I move on to that, vehicles behind you. If you have, if you have vehicles behind you, don't... Um, don't be an a-hole and kick up a whole bunch of dust and rocks because that creates an obstruction for them they can't see around. Um, again, back to safety. I don't want to be behind someone that's kicking up a, a dovetail of dust that's so thick I have to stop creating a hazard for myself and anybody behind me. Um, so vehicles ahead of you. If you're following somebody, watch, watch where they're going. It can help you pick a line to, to negotiate a rough spot. Um, keep the proper distance back. Don't, um, don't tailgate on the trail. Uh, for one, it creates that dust issue I talked about. They could, their tires could kick up rocks. Um, and nobody wants to be, nobody wants to have somebody else right on their, right on their tail as they cruise. Um, Lights, um, since we're talking about dust clouds and stuff like that. If your dirt bike, ATV, UTV, Jeep, Toyota, full-size pickup, whatever you're running, if you have headlights and taillights, they should be on. Whether it's daytime, nighttime, doesn't matter. Um, your light should be on. It, it's a safety. It, again, back to safety. I feel like I should just call the title of this podcast Safety. Um, because it's not just for other people around you, it's for you as well. Turn your lights on. Um, if you have a chase light with strobes on it, keep it on. If you have LED whips, keep it on. Um, make yourself as visible as possible at all times, no matter where you are. Um, just so everybody around you knows what's going on. Um, if you're in a rough area of rough terrain or you're climbing, if you're climbing a steep grade, don't start the steep grade until the person that's in front of you is clear of, of the crest of that hill or the crest of that climb. Let them navigate that. Watch how they do it. 
um, see which path they take because, you know, maybe they take a path um, or they see something you didn't see and um, you can, you know, learn learn from them as well as far as far as as far as that goes. And along with that, you know, keeping that safe distance. Um, I touched on stopping in blind corners. If you stop at any time, um, pull off the trail as far as possible. We ride in a lot of narrow forested trails. There are times that there is no way to pull off the trail. Um, if you absolutely must stop, do the best you can to get off the trail or wait to stop until you've cleared that um, that area or there's an area to pull off. Uh, this one I'm just going to touch on for a brief second. Um, don't litter. Littering's for losers. Pick up your trash. Um, if you have the ability, I know it's hard on a, on a quad or a, a mountain bike or dirt bike, but if you have the ability to, to pick up somebody else's trash, do it. Um, because nobody wants to have a, a trail closed down because, you know, those people can't take care of, of what we've been given access to. So again, lettering's for losers. And as I continue, if at any point I don't touch on something related to a topic I've discussed in my podcast, please feel free to drop me a message. Um, I'm on Instagram at Nevada underscore traveler. Um, it's the same on Twitter at Nevada underscore traveler. Shoot me a message. Say, hey, uh, you were talking about this. Um, maybe you should mention this or, you know, I don't, I can't think of everything. So just a reminder that, you know, I love feedback. I love your input. Um, any way that you can, you know, if you feel that you want to add, add to a topic, by all means, please, please feel free to reach out. So we're talking about off-roading and courtesy. Um, another thing, and this might just be more of a pet peeve than anything, um, loud music. If you are on an ATV, a UTV, and you've got the the thousand dollar Bluetooth boombox mounted to your roll cage, um, stop it. Ninety nine percent of people on the trails are out there to enjoy nature, ride the trails, have a good time. I don't want to hear your bad rap music from from six miles away through the forest. Um, not only are you disturbing people who are camping, other people on the trail, but you're disturbing wildlife. We're making enough noise as it is when we're off-roading in any motorized vehicle. Um, the last thing we need is to add more, more noise to that situation. If you're parked on the beach and you want to listen to music, by all means, do it. Jam out. Jam your heart out. But when you're cruising down a forest trail at 60 miles an hour with your stereo cranked up, um, just don't do it. Um, I personally, when, when I want to listen to music on the UTV, I put headphones on underneath my helmet. Um, I'm not going to get into helmet conversation today because everybody has a different opinion on that. But I'll put headphones in under my helmet but I don't crank it loud enough that I can't hear my own engine. Um, you know, be smart about it. And it, again, a courtesy thing. 
especially when you're going through national forest lands, there's so much dispersed camping. There's so many established campgrounds. If you're out of the trail at seven o'clock in the morning, ripping through the forest with easy and Humpty Hump blaring, um, it's going to piss a lot of people off. And there's a lot of people who don't off-road, who don't ride trails, don't understand um, how much fun we have doing it. And I, I touched on it again. The last thing we want as a community is to um, get trails closed, to get you know access restricted. Um, you know, with the the right we've I won't say it's a right, but the freedom we've been given to go out and ride these trails that are managed by various agencies, which leads me into respect the terrain, stay on the trails, don't go overland and through a through the national forest where there's no trail um there's trail systems in place for a reason it's not our job as recreational users to create our own path stay stay on the established trails if there's a sign that says trail closed stay off the trail um i'm the first to admit that we ignored one of those signs once did it one time and it was a lesson hard learned um that there there's a reason that trail is closed um a lot of times it could be just for rehabilitation um and other times there there's reasons um so i won't get into us driving around the sign and what we learned today um but to make a long story short we ended up on a trail that was just not safe um, so yeah, stay on the trail, turn your lights off. Now there's a double-edged sword there because I mentioned a few minutes ago, you should keep your headlights on. You should keep your tail lights on, keep your running lights on, right? If you've got a 50 inch LED light bar that you're running constantly and you come up on somebody head to head you can turn that off for the few seconds it takes to pass. It's no different than you driving down the interstate with your brights on, you know, common courtesy says turn it off. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna flash my lights at you and freak out because your lights are on, but it's common courtesy. If I'm coming up on you and I've got my, you know, ditch lights on or LED lights on, I'm gonna read, I'm going to, within arm's reach, reach over and hit that switch, turn those off until I get past you. Um, these things have headlights for a reason. Um, same with turning your LED light bars off when you are paved road. I'll touch on that quickly. So where I live in Nevada, we're allowed two miles paved road. Um... And when I say paved road, I mean city street or county county road to access trails in our UTVs or four-wheelers, dirt bikes, whatever you may be on. Two miles. You obviously have to follow all the rules of the road. Speed limits, stop signs, you know, that's common. But there's too many people running down the street with their... LED light bars on 
for no reason. Uh, turn it off. Um, being a fairly new resident in Nevada, I wasn't a part of it, but there was a big fight for a lot of years to even be allowed that two miles to access trails. Um, and the last thing we want is riders to get that taken away. I know California just recently, within I think just the last couple months, completely eliminated the ability to ride on county roads to access trails. Um, and I don't know the reasoning behind that. It could be a safety thing, but you got to think people doing stuff like that is definitely a factor. Um, if you drive a full-size pickup or a Tacoma or a Jeep off-road and you've got it outfitted with all your lights, don't drive down the street with those on. For one, it's illegal. And two, it makes us all look bad. Because the first thing um, mom and pa are going to think when they see that Jeep with that giant LED light bar on is, is, oh, they're up to no good or this or that. You know, everybody has their opinion. And again, it's an opinion. They don't know you. I don't know you. But if I see you rolling down the street with your 50-inch LED light bar on, obviously I'm going to have some thoughts about it. That's just human nature. But, again... Courtesy, that's, that's the main thing I'm touching on today is, is courtesy. Um, so the last part of this I'm going to touch on today is hand signals. This is a big one for me. This one, I feel like far too many people have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about when I mention off-road hand signals. So what I mean by that is throwing up a hand to signal something to somebody you are passing. So if I'm passing you, you're coming at me or I'm coming at you, and I throw up two fingers, I'm not giving you the peace sign. Uh, the war isn't over. It's not peace at all costs. If I throw up two fingers, I'm telling you it's me plus two behind me. Whether they're in my group or not, I'm going to let you know that there's two behind me. If I throw up one finger, there's one behind me. You get the picture. You know, if I throw up 10 fingers, if I let go of the steering wheel and throw up 10 fingers, there's 11, 11 off-road vehicles in the group I'm with. Um, I'm not throwing gang signs at you. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to say, hey man, what's up? Um, hand signals. Obviously, you throw the fist up, you throw zero, it's just you. So back to the courtesy thing. For one, it's a courtesy and a safety thing to inform the other vehicle how many vehicles are going to pass. Okay, how many vehicles are going to come across, especially around the blind corners I talked about, the narrow trails I talked about. Um, so... Back to the courtesy thing, back to yielding. So say I'm out riding by myself. It's me and the wife. No, we're not with a group. There's nobody behind us. And I throw up the fist. Nobody behind me. And you throw up four fingers. I'm going to stop and let you and the four behind you pass. Now say you're coming at me. 
and you throw up two fingers and I throw up six fingers or five fingers, courtesy would say that you stop and let our group pass. But far too many times, I come across a group of six to 10 side-by-sides or dirt bikes or ATVs and they just wave. And I have no idea how many are behind him until all of a sudden, oh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And now we're almost running into each other around a corner or a, or a narrow trail. So it's a bit, that's a safety factor. I don't want to go head on with you and you don't want to go head on with me on the trails. Um, same with, and this goes for kind of all trail riding, whether it's motorized or one of the silent sports. You know, if you're mountain biking, these are hand signals that you should know. Because if I'm on an ATV coming around a corner and there you are on a mountain bike, courtesy tells me for one, I'm going to stop anyway or at least slow way down. But if you throw up five fingers, I'm going to know that, hey, I should, I should wait and let these other five pass. So again, one of those things, that's probably the biggest thing for me, is it's just the safety factor. Because I don't ATV or off-road ride for a living. You know, I have a full-time job. The last thing I need and the last thing you need is to be out on a trail and something happens and you get severely hurt. Well, for one, now you can't go do what you love to do and ride off-road trails. And two, it's affected your, your personal life, every aspect of your life, because maybe you broke both legs and you can't, uh, you can't go to work on Monday or you can't go to work for the next six weeks because you can't walk. Um, back to the safety thing. I, I've probably said safety a hundred times in the 20 minutes of this episode so far, but there's a reason for that. And there's a reason I felt a dedicated episode of my podcast about it was necessary. So the last thing I'm going to touch on is education. In the world of the digital age that we're in now, if you want to get into off-road riding, if you want to get into riding trails, if you want to get into overlanding, riding sand dunes, whatever it may be, for one, the internet is a fabulous resource. You know, the Google machine is very powerful. You can find a lot of good information and a lot of bad information on it. Um, your power sports dealers, um, whether you're whatever you're buying, you know, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, whatever it may be. The people that work at your power sports dealers should be, and I use air quotes when I say should be, um, educated in, in riding trails and doing this and doing that and courtesy and so on and so forth, everything I've essentially talked about today. If you're a first-time ATV buyer, that dealership has a responsibility to educate you on proper riding techniques to to educate you before you drive off the dealership or load your new toy up on the trailer and, and haul it away. 
they should be educating you 100%. Now, if you go to the Toyota dealership and you buy yourself a TRD Pro 4Runner or a TRD Tacoma or you go buy a Ford Raptor or whatever, Chevy's got the Trail Boss now, whatever it may be, or you go buy a Jeep, at the car dealership, that car salesman does not give a shit what you're going to do with that vehicle. They want their commissions. They want the sale. They want to see you in and out the door as quick as they can get you out of there in your new vehicle um, to give you that taillight guarantee. So if, you're, if you go and buy one of those vehicles with the intention of it's going to be my daily driver and I'm going to off-road with it, one, know your limits. Know the limits of that vehicle. Educate yourself. Um, back to the Google machine. Talk to other um, owners of that vehicle type that do off-roading. You know, Instagram, Facebook. There's Facebook groups for everything now. Um, learn, learn about it. Know your limits. Know what you're capable of doing. And just remember not to be stupid because if that Jeep is your daily driver... You have to drive that home. You got to drive it to work on Monday. Um, you can't go out and rip your rip your drive shaft off and be like, "Oh, no, no big deal," because uh, you just ripped the drive shaft off your forty thousand dollar Jeep. Um, local groups, um, you know, you can learn to ride with. There's resources in every community that that have the ability to help educate you on, you know courtesy trail types where you can ride where you can't ride and as far as that goes you've got apps for everything um onyx off-road um i trail guide for onyx off-road so i i drive trails that aren't mapped properly yet and i submit that so it's there with details trail ratings all of that all trails is another one um i think polaris polaris has ride command which is their very own off-road map app um, that can all be downloaded for offline use. So you know where you are. Know before you go. Don't go barreling through someone's barbed wire fence back to the hole. Their sign, you know, trail close signs. There's a reason there's fences there too. So with that, that is going to be all for the Nevada Traveler podcast this week. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nevada underscore Traveler. Thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, I have a special guest joining us. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all real soon.